Hello, one and all, to another fine episode of Jumpcast. And well, before we get cracking in properly, I feel I feel like today of all days, we should put a very big uh, celebration to well all the queens out there because it is Pride Month. Yay! I'm gonna say bore off that Ooh. old hag. He's saying, there we go, let's alienate the royalists. <laughs> what royalists? No, I must say, in. I have been walking around my hometown um, and I've been seeing a lot of shops and uh, like bars and cafes and stuff that have got bunting and then there's this like special Queen Elizabeth flag and honestly, it's a bit cringe. Yeah. I say, I feel like, you know, in time for Pride Month, I feel like some people could very easily deface the Queen Elizabeth and just, you know, put an R over the N and be like, there we go, now we're on brand. Oh, yes, Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it is the most wonderful month of the year. You'll see rainbow logos on every corporation's social media presence. And loads and loads of talk about how things are going to change, and then come the first of July, it's all back to back to Streetsville. All over. I for one can't <laughs> wait to rock up to MS for my uh, LGBT. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! But no, genuinely to all of our um, LGBTQIA plus listeners, uh, have a lovely month. You are wonderful, all of you. Of course you are, because you're, you're Jumpcast listeners. <laughs> and uh, we, <laughs> uh, yeah, we we want to celebrate. But first of all, we've got to let the, uh, you know, that lot do their bunting and street parties <sighs> and nonsense. Who cares? Honestly, like, Oh, God. I'll tell you what, actually. If someone is out there listening to this, if they play it at a street party, like, put it on social media and we'll, I don't know, we'll work out something. Give you a prize or something. <laughs> like, turn imagine. off turn off your goddamn, like, Vera Lynn or, <laughs> like, Sweet Caroline that Radio 2 want everyone to sing. I could I just <laughs> whack on Jumpcast. <laughs> whack on the bit where we say, not that old hag Elizabeth. <laughs> on a street party and <laughs> I can imagine the chaos already <laughs> this is a viral like, TikTok if I ever heard say, film it, TikTok it, whatever and we'll we'll recognise it so <laughs> <laughs> oh man That's... oh god three minutes in and we're already causing chaos I mean it's always how it is because of course this week we haven't got Charlotte she's um, so, yes. half term yeah. for her yeah, you're absolutely right. So Charlotte is enjoying a well earned rest from her day her day life. Day life. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, we won't we won't dox Charlotte, but yeah, the, the stuff that she does outside of the pod uh has, has taken a natural break uh in this week. So you can probably guess what the day life is. Um <laughs> And yeah, so she is uh, unplugged, basically, which means it's just me and Alex uh, for you this week. Which yeah, I love how you said mean... we don't dock Charlotte, but I literally used the, the, the term half to... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's not a stand on any kind of pretense here. 
yeah no um so yeah she's she's um taking every opportunity to get away from the mania and uh yeah so she's living her best life for a week and we will see her again next week for well the first podcast of june proper i think yeah yeah well that'll be the second this is the first podcast of June proper. I know, but we're recording this in May. It doesn't yeah. feel right. Okay, yeah, fair. I'll let you off with that one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's like, you know, when you put Christmas decorations up in November. It's like, that's not right. Um. Okay, let's just move on from that one. Oh, okay. Okay, <laughs> have, I, have I touched a nerve? <laughs> okay. Anyway. Um... <laughs> So uh, we're going to struggle on. So this is Simon Whitlock speaking to you here. Uh, the other person responsible for any potential fights at a street party if the aforementioned does happen is Alex Gilston. How are you doing? I would be lying if I said I'm fine, Simon. I just not even two hours ago found out that I have got COVID for a second time. I'm sure that everybody who is listening does not really care about that. So we'll move on very quickly. But what I will say is that just bear bear with me today. Take it easy okay. on me. I'll, I'll, I'll try. I I, no, I normally do try. Um, <laughs> but I'm really sorry to hear that, man. And get well soon. And I'm sure all the listeners share that same sentiment because nobody likes to hear about anyone having COVID, especially if they didn't believe in it in the first place. I'm not saying you didn't. I'm saying the listeners probably wouldn't have. <laughs> I feel like we're doing so well to keep get people on board. We have done everything this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so we've had a pop at Royalists. We've um we've already alienated all the Christian right because we've embraced Pride Month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we've also called the listeners COVID truthers. So what else can we do? <laughs> I don't know. We'll find out. But uh well, it's been been an interesting week in terms of film and TV. Um, yeah, the latter certainly has had some new arrivals. Well, some familiar faces in new settings. Um, mm-hmm. Some settings that you certainly wouldn't have expected if you know following the canon from the last forty-five years. But <laughs> and there no, you go. There <laughs> the Star go. Wars fans are alienated. There we go. <laughs> So, okay, while we're talking about that, so pretty much everyone has probably seen the first two episodes of Kenobi, and Alex and I are no exception there. So before we get cracking on, because, you know, people are going to be talking about it, it's good for the engagement. What do you think, what are your thoughts so far on Obi-Wan Kenobi, Alex? Um, Yeah, I mean, two episodes in, I, I feel like I'm not, I'm not fully engaged. Yeah. I feel like that's a little bit to do with uh, burnout on Star Wars in general. Yeah. Um, but I really do feel like it has the potential, and if it sticks the landing, then I feel like it could be a very nice uh, bit of of addition to the Star Wars canon. Yeah, that's um, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I have more issues with it, more in line with my issues that have been there since the second series of The Mandalorian. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've gone on. I've gone on about this at length, so I won't go into it now. Um, but certainly, the issues I have with Obi Wan Kenobi are not with Moses Ingram or her character. Yes, yeah, I was and, gonna say. Um... Yeah, she is 
by a more than a well, I'd say more than a boat length. The most interesting thing about the show. I, um, so I somehow feel like that's maybe the issue for for a lot of people. It's like that oh, she's too interesting. Oh, how dare somebody outshine our godlike character of Obi Wan? Um, well, why not? Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 the real reason why they're all so worked well, up. It's... No, 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 no. <laughs> well, <laughs> we all know the real reason, and that is yes, because they hate black people. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> like, oh no, but oh, we like all these characters. <laughs> okay, sure. Oh, we like, like I saw things. someone say like that they like. Do. They, <laughs> I saw someone like have a grid list of all these like people of colour who have been in um, Star Wars, and they're like, oh yeah, name one time when anyone's been angry about such and such. And I kid ye not, this included Finn. <laughs> <laughs> For God's sakes. And, um, among others, Rose. Oh, Jesus. So, that, okay. Well, yeah, no, that's, that's crazy. It's like yeah. how it... it the, the straw man logic that these people use, I mean, whether, I mean, people's a stretch um, in terms of describing th- them, um, is just insane. And it, it it's exactly the same when it came to like Ray and Rose. Yeah. Um, in terms of, oh, we, it's not because we hate women. It's, you know, we love, I love Padme. <laughs> I love Ahsoka. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just ridiculous and it's horrible and it's unnecessary. Yeah. And the fact that Lucasfilm, I heard that Lucasfilm literally had to do, had to like talk to Moses Ingram prior to her being like, you know, being cast in the show to basically prepare her for this vitriol that she has since received since the show premiered. I think when you get into a point where the people making the stuff have to brief their talent, like, oh, just to warn you, all the racists are going to come out. Yeah. Like, oh my god. And if you are one of those people that have sent threats to Moses Ingram on social media, or if you're one of the even louder people defending it, or saying, oh, what's the harm? Um, Please stop listening. First of all, Please stop listening. Second of all, take a running jump off of anything tall. And yeah, um, I don't care. <laughs> don't, don't care if that gets cut out. Um, if it stays in as well, even better. Um, but yeah, you can all, you know where to go and you can do that swiftly. Thank you very exactly. much. Exactly. Um, I do. I mean, it's, I think it's good that the official Star Wars Twitter has put out um, support for Moses Ingram. I do feel like it's too little too late. Like, where was yeah. this energy back in 2017, 2015, all of that kind of stuff? Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it is a little bit of a step in the right direction, and hopefully this will be the start of more outspoken support Yeah. Um, from these bigger companies for, for people who, like Moses, who've received all of this racist uh, vitriol and backlash. Yeah, and I think... You know, in four weeks or whenever it is that this comes to a conclusion, we will still be looking back and saying, "Yeah, she is outshining all of them here." Um, yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. I'm not gonna lie, it, it this is obviously Obi Wan's show, but when it comes to on the day of recording tomorrow's episode, 
I'm actually way more interested to see what happens with River than I am with Obi Wan. Like, I'm genuinely. Yeah. Yeah. I say it's nice when big franchises have interesting original characters that aren't just <laughs> the same ones being rolled out every five seconds. Mm, yeah. 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 Very true. So, speaking of, uh, the first two bits of the news are a prequel news and Star Wars Celebration news. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna go I, well. As a, um, uh, as um, God, why? Can't, what the hell? As is the COVID forgot. brain kicking uh, already? Yeah, I've just forgot a character from Star Wars. His name? Are you thinking of Palpatine? Yeah, uh, but how what, ironic! What is, what is name? Yeah, but what? Sheave. Sheave. Senator Pal? Is it Senator Palpatine? He just yeah, Sheave Pal- Palpatine. Yeah. All yeah. oh, right. I thought for some reason my brain had come up with a separate name that he used in the prequels <laughs> that wasn't. <laughs> well, he was Sidious as well, I guess. Oh, spoilers for anyone who. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um. Anyway, so um. Yeah, let's move on from that because we're probably going to get bogged down into that at the very second shortly. Mm-hmm. I was I was going to say I have watched and finished Heartstopper series one. <gasps> yes, you did it. I... And in Pride Month, no less. <laughs> and in two sittings. Literally right? smashed through it. It's, oh my god. The most addictive substance known to man, it turns out, is Heartstopper Series 1. It's like the easiest three hours of your life. Oh my gosh. Just pure, unadulterated loveliness. And, like, such like such good acting for, like, young actors. And it could have been so corny, it could have been so, like over egged but it was just it was just right you know perfect i think as well what a lot of people forget is that it's literally based off a graphic novel yeah yeah and, and comics i mean are, that... comics are like very specifically hammed up and you know a bit kind of out there and not as realistic oh totally yeah so it's and yeah but it was still uh, yeah. yeah yeah it's just stunning and um i have to say extra credit not only to every one of the actors there because they were just so good in all of their parts. Mm. Um, but the kid or the guy who plays the series antagonist, Harry. Yes. I have never wanted to throttle someone so much. <laughs> and I think it's just like such a testament to a performance that yeah, you can be so loathsome. Cause if you've something. seen the actor on social media, you will know that he is the character's biggest hater. Oh yeah, like pure sweetheart, and <laughs> like I kind of you know give him his flowers because that is a performance to get like that nastiness yeah, yeah. out of me. <laughs> yeah, literally. No, they're all on just on top form, like you said. Oh considering yeah. that they're all so young and um, you know, they haven't been in much. But yeah, but yeah, after having watched the, having having watching having watched this now. I am especially excited to see Yasmin Doctor Who. I'm just yes. like, she's going to be great. Yes. Oh, <sighs> it's going to be great. There we go. It's made yeah. me happy. Well, it's nice to get into the show proper 15 minutes in and actually cheer up. <laughs> Positivity! Positivity! And we carry on that positivity into the news. So we start with the announcement. Oh, thanks, that... Simon. Yes, I watched um, Stranger Things. Oh, sorry, Things, we talked about... Asking. We talked about Heartstopper and Kenobi stuff. I thought, okay, yes. Yeah, so Stranger Things. What do you? What are your thoughts? I just want to mention Stranger Things quickly. 
Oh yes, yeah, sorry. Stranger Things. Stranger Things. What else is in the news? Um... <laughs> sorry, no. I will literally. What else is trending? Thirty seconds and done. <laughs> no, um, yeah, because obviously volume one of season four of Stranger Things came out. I haven't seen the last episode yet, but I'm six episodes watched and in so far, and I'm absolutely loving it. I must admit, I wasn't massively in on Stranger Things. Um, okay. Just in general, I don't know why. It just never. It was never as big of a thing for me as it has been for other people. But yeah. This season specifically, it's been really, really good. Um, I I love. I don't know whether it's just me that loves the idea of the groups being split up and there being lots of different separate storylines, and the pacing of that being so brilliant and handled so well, and it feels like it goes to each story when it needs to, and all of that kind of stuff. Because See, that how gives long me... the episodes are. Okay. So the idea of them being split up gives me a little bit of worry. It makes me think of the second series when Yes, I see what you mean. Yeah, when there was a lot of okay, we're gonna get these people into like pairs and pair them yeah. off. It was like, oh, can we not? They were really great when it was the four of them hanging <laughs> out. Can we <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can we not lose the chemistry, please? Um so but yeah, I mean if you if if you're saying it works, then I am more optimistic. Yeah. But I haven't started it yet, so I cannot comment. And there is a moment in um one of the episodes that everybody is talking about, and I will concur with the majority of people in that sense that it is possibly one of the greatest moments in Stranger Things. Oh. Potentially one of the greatest moments in the Netflix original series ever. Wow. Okay. That Very is good. Very good. Okay, I'm excited. Just... I've actually managed to avoid spoilers for this so far. So oh. I'm yeah, that's definitely the best thing to do, if you can. Nice. Okay. Wow. Well, all right then. I'll have to get on that for the um, two and a half hour spectacular in July. Yes. Yep. Goodness me. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> Sorry to almost uh, ignore that, Alex, but now I believe we are ready. We are steady and yep. we shall go to the news. So, as I was saying, Rachel Ziegler... Her off of West Side Story and soon to be Snow White fame is busy booking another big old film. So she is going to be in The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. This is the prequel to the Hunger Games series. She's going to be playing a character called Lucy Gray Baird. Fans of the book, I'm sure, will be fully aware of who that is, what they do, what they're up to, what they're interested in doing. And we'll be excited or more morose either way. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is against Tom Blythe, who's playing young President Snow. Um, and this is all due to come next November. So yeah, next year. I'm guessing this is going to be filming relatively soon. Yeah, I think it's filming already, actually. Gosh, OK. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, we've got to be happy for Rachel Ziegler, right? Yeah, I mean, it seems that she's kind of got the Florence Pugh trajectory going on. For a second, I thought you were going to say Florence Putrid, and I thought, oh no, oh. that's such a horrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, not at all. Um, but but yeah, uh, you know, she, she she just straight into West Side Story. Yeah, and now she's a household name, and seems like she's just going to be. I mean, she's going to be in Shazam. As well, she is going to be in Sajam. Yes, you're absolutely right. She she's just like like I said, booked and busy. 
She is, if not already, she will be proper A-list star. And yep. seeing that in real time is so exciting. It's the same with Florence Pugh as well, like you say. Like, yep. It's yeah, yeah, very exciting. Well, we'll look forward to that. Um, but for now, we have the we've had the pleasure of all the fallout of Star Wars Celebration, mm-hmm. uh, whatever side of the uh, the fence you are on all things Star Wars, either it was an exciting look ahead at all the projects due to come, or it was a bleak reminder of the fact that nothing new comes out of this goddamn show, and if it <laughs> does, then it's completely attacked by horrible people, as we mentioned at the start. Yeah. Although we did see the announcement of some um, shows that had original ideas, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I'm in particular. I would say that I am excited for Star Wars Vision Series Two. Yes, that did get announced. Yeah. Yeah. So the expansion out into other cultures, um, in terms of storytelling and styles and art and culture and everything else there. So that's very exciting. And then I would just mention, uh, before we talk about this, this is what we're meant to be talking about very quickly, uh, the John Watts project, uh, Skeleton Crew, um, which will see Jude Law thrust into the Star Wars universe, which is uh, very exciting. That is very exciting. We also got a first teeny tiny wee widow work at Indiana Jones 5. And oh, yes, of course. A picture was enough. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. But... <laughs> but... We do know, at least it's been confirmed by um, Kathleen Kennedy, that the next big screen Star Wars feature film will be that of Taika Waititi. Now, this has been one that's been in talking in the works for a long old time. Mm. And it feels like we're finally going to see something come to fruition soon, definitely. So, Alex, I put it to you. To suggest what this film will be about. <laughs> um, it's so strange, isn't it? Because from from what you kind of get from Taika Waititi, his his vision and his kind of outlook on filmmaking is very fitting to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, with, you know, with with Thor. Um, yeah. I'm not quite sure how that translates to Star Wars, personally. Unless mm. Lucasfilm have been like, right, we just want something balls to the wall. Um, in which case, I'm here for it. Give us something not set on a desert planet, um, cool, and, you know, like a different vibe to anything we've seen before in Star yeah. Wars. I'm here for it all day. Excellent. And, well, we know that Taika Waititi has done some work in the Star Wars universe. Yes, of course, yeah. With um, his, well, he, he, he did one episode of uh, The Mandalorian in the good series, uh, series one. <laughs> and, uh, well, and this is also going to be uh, worked on with Christy Wilson Cairns. Oh, very nice. So, yeah, very exciting. Um I say, say what you will about um, last night in Soho, and I think we did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, she's clearly got you know, she's she's got clear talent, and yeah, be excited to see what she brings to the table as well. Uh, so the two of them together should have some good stuff. In fact, I'm seeing that this film, whatever it is, could be coming as soon as next year, 2023. Well, I feel like it's been in 
in the works long enough. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's very exciting. Um, but yes, I'm just having a quick look to see. Yes, so that's it. So yeah, Taika Waititi did the um, series finale of uh, series one. So yeah, he did. Yeah, very big and very uh, well interesting action, certainly. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Hmm. Nice. So there we go. Those are the uh, recognizable IP bits done. We move on to box office news, and it's very good news if you're Tom Cruise. Cruise news is what we should call this bit. Cruise news. Cruise news. <laughs> because he woke up on Monday, got out of bed, made a bit of Xenu toast, or whatever it is Scientologists eat, uh, absorbed some Thetans, and then looked at the newspaper, or whatever it is he looks at now, and must have jumped up and down on the sofa. Yes, I went there. Because uh, he, Top Gun Maverick, which we'll be talking about later on on this podcast, in a review, has given him his highest box office opening weekend ever. Ever. Which is insane in terms of Tom Cruise's career. It's like, yeah, like, you'd think, like, he is, well, so many people say over and over again, he is the last proper, like, movie star. Mm. And, yeah, it's, it's surprising that, given all of that kind of hyperbole, that that hadn't translated to the financial side of things, which I know isn't the be all and end all, certainly. I think I talk about that plenty on this. <laughs> but, yeah, it must be, um, I mean, it's very good news for Paramount as well, mm. who... Um, you know, they along with this and the Sonic the Hedgehog movies are enjoying a nice little patch yeah. where they're making some money, which I is always someone, good. Saw someone tweet about it because obviously Paramount um, uh, release releases for twenty twenty one at least they were all streaming and put yeah. premium video on demand, weren't they? And it seems now with twenty twenty two they've just come back with a bank. So I wonder if this means that they it will give them some kind of um, some some kind of suggestion that they should continue with the big screen. I would hope so. I would certainly hope so because that's what it should be all about. And again, don't want to um, don't want to preempt either of our reviews for Top Gun Maverick, but yeah, the big screen was the place to see that certainly. Mm. But yeah, cool. Let's crack on. So Quentin Tarantino is a name that I say with a heavy sigh after the last 30 years. Uh, well, actually, no, more specifically the last 22 years because he's not made a good film this century. There we go. That's the Quentin Tarantino fans alienated. It took us half an hour, but we got those <laughs> people. Um, so... <laughs> I'll, I'll one-up you on that one. He's not okay. made a good film, period. Oh, okay. I would disagree with you there. I but it is it's it's a but he's not like you know he's not film Jesus. <laughs> but <laughs> so but he has got something coming up. It's not a film though. He's returning to the world of print after rehashing his thing once upon a time in Hollywood for paperback and uh so 
This is going to be a, a non-fiction book about film, of course it is. And, um, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a filmmaker. He loves film. He steals plenty of it to make his own stuff. And, uh, oh no, sorry, homages. There we go. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so... That does his... rhyme with plagiarizes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Quentin Tarantino's big book of film secrets. Uh, now. So, I'm right in thinking, didn't he say that his ninth film would be his last film? He basically says this every time he's got a film out because I think yeah. he wants, like, he is so desperate for an Oscar, isn't he? Ah, uh, yeah, fair. So yeah. it's like everyone, he's like, oh, if I say the right things, if I can court them and, you know, get the, the legacy thing. Yeah, that's true. So, but every time he doesn't get it, and it's hilarious. Uh, so he's just going to keep doing it until he get, doesn't get one anymore. <laughs> it's a shame because he hasn't got Harvey Weinstein to prop up his projects anymore, has he? So. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, um, we can expect uh, a non-fiction Tarantino book on shelves anytime soon, and our sympathies go to Quentin Tarantino's N key on his computer. Because we're sure that's going to get a hefty workout. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. I feel like that's adequate. Tarantino. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> Unless you've got anything you want to share. Uh, absolutely not. No? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Should be a fun one. Okay, cool. So, last of all, in terms of news, and it's a bit of an and finally story. You know, like, how like your, your conventional news things would have an and finally Something a bit odd. And finally, a duck fell over near the duck pond today. Yeah, exactly, yeah. 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 Like, a squirrel went hoverboarding. Yeah. Um, and so, thanks to the, the the magic of public domain laws, Yeah. A.A. Milne's beloved, beloved children's, char- children's, children's stories and characters, Winnie the Pooh, Piglet, etc., have been reimagined as a horror film, because of course they have. Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey is a real thing. And I'm I'm not going to lie. If there was ever an argument for public domain laws to not be a thing, (laughs) this is it. Case in point. It's horrible. It's horrible. One of my pet peeves of anything, and it's this is from having had to live through the 2000s and seeing all these things happening is the gritty or edgy reimagining of something fairly tame. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, we had this with DC every five seconds with their characters. Mm. We had this with, like, Transformers. You had it with, like, James Bond. Even the MCU. Even the MCU has done it. Yeah. And like I know it's human nature to go, oh well, what do we do? A scary one. It's like everyone who says like every kids' film is like this weird dystopian horror film. Really, when you think about it, when it isn't. Mm, and it's yeah. like someone, someone has decided. I mean, you know what? Someone's made a film, and more power to them for that. But it's just, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just maybe use 
money that you've used to make this film to make something else. Or, or therapy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> um, I just like... I, I also realised there's another glaringly obvious example for the uh, destruction of public domain laws, and that's... Uh, Camilla Cabello's Cinderella, but we won't go there. <laughs> Camilla Cabello, who uh, was such a star in Paris over the weekend, <laughs> oh, God. before the little game of football kicked off. <laughs> it was nice of Paul Real Madrid to gate crash the Camilla Cabello concert. Anyway, that was the news. So let's move on because time is taken to trailer talk. Trailer talk. Trailer talk. Trailers. Okay, and we start with a Disney Day premiere. This is Disney Plus Pen- Day. Actually, sorry, but- Disney Plus Day. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Mickey Mouse, come and beat me to death <laughs> in an edgy reimagining. Oh. That would be so good. <laughs> ha ha! I'm gonna bash your brains in! <laughs> That's... Gonna feed you the Pluto! No, um... God, that's a, that's already a treatment somewhere in some rubbish B-movie studio. Uh, no, this is, yeah, as you rightly said, a Disney Plus Day premiere. Pinocchio! Um, so, for what we saw, it was... All of your standard Disney Pinocchio bits. You had Geppetto, played by Tom Hanks, in what looked like kind of... You know, like, when SNL do those parody trailer things? Yeah. A a bit like that. A teeny bit like that. Uh, But bless him. Nah, he's, he's, you know, clearly needs the money. Those two weeks he took off from having COVID in 2020 <laughs> have really done a number. I think, <laughs> I think on Twitter somebody said, does anyone know if Tom Hanks had COVID again? <laughs> like, <laughs> what has happened to us this, this week? I know that every week it is just us. Things tend to... Maybe we've just had enough, actually. I think we might have just had enough, actually. It, it, today has just been a day, and it's, it's time to just get it all out. I, say, I feel out. like we've we've been a bit chippy. Trust we live me, in like when it Hell gets Island. to the reviews, we will be more positive. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, don't worry. I, I, I say it's, it's a lot of it's a lot to wade through. I'm sorry, um, but one one bright star, and I use that term very uh, pointedly, seems to be Cynthia Erivo as the Blue Fairy. Honestly, perfect casting, right? Yeah, uh, of everything about this trailer. Which I won't lie, was incredibly underwhelming to me. I mean, yeah, it's um, Pinocchio. I felt appropriately whelmed. <laughs> the the problem is, and I've been trying to kind of. Tr- Sorry about that. My cat oh. is um running all over my bedroom. I don't know if you heard <laughs> rustling. Um, I heard zoomies. Yes, zoomies. That's it. Um, <laughs> and I've been trying to articulate what I want to say about this, and I. I was thinking something along the lines of the fact that, like, it seems that these live-action remakes have lost their effect of magic, but then I realised that 
maybe they haven't really ever had that effect. Um, but I think particularly with this one, I just... I really feel like when when You Wish Upon a Star kicked in should have been a moment where you kind of go, ah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Thing is, I love that song so much. Yeah, it's such a it's... brilliant song. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, it just, it kicked in and I felt nothing. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair uh, but, enough. But even, put... even though it was Cynthia Erivo's lovely, lovely yeah, tones over it. Genuinely. But I put me in front of the uh sleeping beauty castle in disneyland paris and play it i'll cry oh yeah 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 i don't know exactly but what you mean in the middle of a trailer for live action pinocchio just doesn't do anything for me although it does sound impeccable yeah let's say it it sounds great and it, it yeah it's a weird one because it looks fine i mean it looks exactly like these live action remakes look now Something that you often uh, use, Simon, which I think um, is the word sludge. Yes, yeah. It's a bit grey and it does a bit. I think it's ironically lifeless. Ironically lifeless. See, this is the thing. I can't even bring myself to kick it. Like it's just yeah, okay. It's there. I just feel sorry. Like I feel sad that Tom Hanks is like just gone. Like he just, he's just, yeah. There was a point where you could kind of rely at least a little bit on him, kind of being in something of quality. Yeah. Mm. Toy Story yeah. was really good. Oh my god! Like Toy Story <laughs> Four was phenomenal. Yeah, then... I don't. I don't know. It's it's a bit. But look, Elvis is coming in. <laughs> Elvis is coming in. Oh, fuck he's, yeah, he's turning up. No, no, I mean, I, I didn't. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> sorry, Paz. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but it's just not to be good, is it? No, just not his blue suede shoes. <laughs> feel horrible. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm gonna stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, but yeah, so uh, Elvis, the Elvis film is on its way within within the month, actually. So yeah. um, it may be a turnaround in terms of 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 Hanks's output. Certainly, I might watch it and be absolutely mesmerized and blown away. Who knows? I I certainly hope so because yeah. Anyway, we're not talking about <laughs> Elvis. Yeah. Right now. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's me. I'm I'm distracting everything. <laughs> um, two seconds. Just need to cough. There we go. Okay, so moving on, and we have it's basically Crimson Tide in space. It's Rubicon. Now this is, uh, a, well, adventure certainly. Um, so what the what you're expecting to see here is a group of people on the space station look out onto the Earth and see catastrophe has swept yes. the face. And they might have the answer to save lives, maybe not the entire world, but some, maybe enough. And Will they? Won't they? Should they? Shouldn't they? Can they? You think it's going to be something really cool, but no, it's just algae. <laughs> it's algae. I, do, I did love watching this with the dramatic repetition of the word algae. I think it probably wins the award for dramatic use of the word algae. 
<laughs> in our end of year awards, which are definitely a thing. Oh my god, we should do that. That sounds like such a good idea. <laughs> Most dramatic use of the word algae goes to the Rubicon trailer. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, that is a film that is coming and involves algae. Cool, right, so Idris Elba's about. That's always a reason to shout. I'm trying to make it rhyme. I don't know why. This is the second week in a row we've talked about an Idris Elba, an upcoming Idris Elba project, which I think is brilliant. Yeah. Oh man, I, I, you know what? My heart flutters a little bit when I know that Idris Elba's got a film coming out. Because he's someone who's doing something interesting. And this time around, it's a survival against the wild. And specifically against a big, scary lion. Yes. Beast. Or if you're a RuPaul's Drag Race fan. Beast! (laughs) I knew you were going to do that. (laughs) But, yeah, no, this looks really cool. And did I spot a Shouter Copley in there as well? Did she? I think, was that him? I'm thinking it was him. I don't know. I was just too focused on Idris Elba, I won't lie. I mean, that's always the right answer. But I'm just going to look this up because... I don't think I've seen him in anything in years. Yeah, sure enough. Yeah, he is going to be in this. Oh, cool. And so apparently he has been in stuff over the last, like, I don't know, decade or so since uh, since Chappie. But yeah, and now he's popped up here. Great. Excellent. I'm excited for that. I like Shazza Copley. He's very interesting. Um, but I like him just a lot more. So the two of them together fighting big, scary lions. Oh, yeah. Match made in heaven. Match made in heaven. Great. Okay, so moving on. And a, a trailer that caught me off guard, I must say. I didn't know anything about this before seeing this. And oh, now. Yeah, I. yeah. 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 And now I want nothing else but to see it because it looks utterly charming. Mr. Malcolm's List. So apparently this is based on a novel. Um, I yeah. have not read it. I'm sorry to say. Do you know but... who would have read it? Probably Charlotte. Probably Charlotte, because of all of us, she is the literate person. (laughs) She is the most literate, and yeah, the most cultured of any of us. I mean, to be honest, it's not a long race, is it, between the two of us (laughs) and Charlotte? (laughs) (laughs) As a, this troglodyte over here, and then Alex, and then... (laughs) I've never read a book in my life. (laughs) I've never even heard of a book. What is, what is book? Uh, But, Yes, this looks very lovely, and a wonderfully rich cast. Normally with this kind of thing, you get like the usual suspects, but in this case, it feels like there are some some casting choices that I wasn't seeing coming. I'm yeah, very surprised about that. Very much so. I also am loving to see the continued success of uh, Sophie Dirisu. Yes. Uh, who was absolutely brilliant in... His house. Oh, uh, that Netflix is a great a couple film. of years ago. Let's say, yeah, absolutely deserves to continue to get his letters there because, yeah, he's fantastic. And then on top of that, you've got Gemma Chan, you've got Freda Pinto, who looks like she has not aged at all mm. since Slumdog Millionaire. <laughs> uh, Zoe Ashton again, who just looks great and like very sharp tongued. Yeah, and then you got Nalco Mori as well is is appearing in the cast list. Tosh, yes, 
Lovely Tosh. Uh, and then you have, you know, you got your Theo Jameses. You got your... <laughs> <laughs> the people you, you, we again. definitely care less about. The people you definitely care less about, but are no less handsome. So, <laughs> but yeah, plenty of <laughs> handsome people, lots of quick wit and acid tongues and bodice ripping and all sorts of bits and pieces. It looks fun, basically. It looks like it's thrown towards the Bridgerton crowd. I was just going to say, I was literally just about to say, actually, Simon, in the in the Bridgerton era that we are currently in, it feels yeah. perfect. Oh, totally. And yeah, so I'm glad that, you know, I do enjoy that show, but I am especially happy that it's inspiring a lot more of these stories to be told. And that's great. Yeah. Excellent. So, and colorblindly yes. as well. Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> okay, so last but not least on the trailer talk, Devotion. Now, this is a film that covers the Korean War, which I feel like the only other real bit of media that's done that in the last 50 years is MASH. I might be wrong. But this is a film based on a true story of friendship and, well, between. The character's played by Jonathan Majors, and his name has escaped me because he's in the film we're literally going to be talking about in two seconds. Glenn Powell. Glenn Powell. Why did his why did his name leave me? I don't know. But well, we were talking about this. Actually, we were watching this and talking about it before recording, and both of us were just like, "Oh my god, Jonathan Majors!" <laughs> he's yes. just mesmerizing. Absolutely. Um, I was saying this to you as well about how I'm a bit disgruntled that he's going to be tied up with the MCU, but uh, we can hope, as you said, Simon, that he gets the chance to to do some uh, other projects in between. Oh, yeah. I think I talked about this possibly on the last week's one that we still have that. Well, well, so many actors get that mentality of the one for them, one for me kind of thing. Yes. And I really, really, really hope that that's how it works out for, for Jonathan Majors because he's such an interesting actor. He makes such fantastic choices. Mm-hmm. I'd still say go see The Harder They Fall if you oh. haven't yet. What a film. What a film. I say there is an unfortunate interview with um, James Samuels, the director, about um, black people in the creative industry. I don't know if you've seen this. I don't think so. It sounds very pull up by your bootstraps type mentality about uh... giving people a leg up and helping people out and that kind of thing. But yeah, but he's no doubt talented and just, yeah, I, he's a great director. And yeah, his politics is interesting, let's say. Um, but yeah, but devotion is what we're talking about. And it looks, well, let's say it's Glenn Powell being a wingman in an evil <laughs> um yeah it's it's well, what we're saying is that his agent must have basically just lumped both scripts in one hand and gone there you go glenn <laughs> two plain films for me thank you yes. <laughs> two plain films second helpings uh but yes so with that though comes the end of trailer talk so before we move on to reviews it is custom round these parts Oh, to it give is, thanks, isn't it? it is. <laughs> you know, it would be customary if I actually had had it up. Oh gosh, it's tradition every week that we scuff this a little bit by not being prepared. <sighs> it's so disrespectful. I'm very sorry. Um, bear with. 
I will bear with. Bear with. You know what, let's fill. So, who else can we uh, upset do, 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 in the next five do, seconds? Do, do, do. So, we've done... <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, we were talking about how racist Star Wars, we're not even going to call them fans, can get in the bin. If you, um, I mean, if if you like Lord of the Rings and you're also uh, part of the shouty racist crowd uh, mm-hmm. for the new TV show, same, get in the bin. Yeah. There you go. Done. Perfect. Ready. Okay. I was going to say as well, actually, just to upset the the um, anti-choice people, that Never Ready Sometimes Always is on Netflix, and you should go and watch it, because it's, it's phenomenal. It's on... Oh my god, I've been waiting to watch that film for so long. Oh, it's on Netflix. Yeah. Yes! Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, that's so exciting. Okay. Right. Patreon. Jump Cut yes. Online has a Patreon, and if you would like to go and check it out, it's patreon.com forward slash jumpcut underscore online. There are lots of different tiers where you can donate your hard-earned dollar-dollar bills to help Jump Cut Online uh, run uh, as an, an outlet uh, that helps new writers and just writers in general get out their work and get paid for it as well. And the people who subscribe at the top tier are thanked every week by me, Charlotte and Simon, and also Ryan Gosling in spirit. Um, and you are, and you know who you are, Chris Wilson, Enon Films, Robert Denny, Daryl Griffiths, Sam Luck, Ola Smith, Peter Hodgkins, Andy Meakin, Fabiana Rosas, Hamish Calvert, Manuel Bento, and Joe Craig. Thank you very much for all of your support. Thank you very much. That's wonderfully read, Alex. Thank you. As always. Considering and that against I have COVID. COVID. Yeah. yeah. I'm very proud of that, actually. See, that, those are the links to which we go to thank our patrons, is we wade through the murky depths of COVID-19 to make that happen. Mm-hmm. And to go back to the point that I was making before the thanks, uh, Happening, the movie, the French movie, released in the US, I think, very recently as well. So go and see that if you're so, you know, so inclined. Um, because it's great, and it's very important that women's bodily autonomy is protected. Okay, cool. So, that's annoyed those not. I'm just making sure that we annoy all the right people today. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Great. Excellent. Okay, so here's here's one for the for all of the for all all, all people, I think. Top Gun Maverick. Now, we are into the review section here. And yeah, I feel like this is oh. the film to see, right? Where the uh no, no, no matter what your no matter what your identity your orientation no matter what your no, no matter what your no matter what your life has thrown at you no matter how no matter who you are completely top but gun I maverick would argue specifically if you are a dad <laughs> i was going to make this point <laughs> i was going to say this is one for the heteros but it very having watched it <laughs> <laughs> Break out the baby oil. Oh, Simon, and you can't the... say that it's Pride Month. I say <laughs> it's Pride Month. Oh man, I'll take down my uh, rainbow jump cast banner.
<laughs> but yes, break out the baby oil and the American footballs because it's Top Gun Maverick review time. Uh, so, 30-odd years since the last one? Just under, um, yeah. Just under. No, just over, no, actually, yeah. Just yeah, over. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you may remember in the first Top Gun, uh, Pete Maverick Mitchell, played by Tom Cruise, was the latest entrant into the Top Gun Academy, uh, alongside Iceman, played by Val Kilmer, and Goose, played by Anthony Edwards. Um, and all sorts of cliche, all sorts of montage against... All sorts of sweat. All sorts of sweat, oil and volleyball. volleyball. Homoerotic subtext. <laughs> and, yeah, it's a shame it was only subtext. Um, <laughs> it should have been text. But yeah, lots of fighting in the locker rooms, lots of buzzing the towers, and lots of write- <laughs> mouths writing checks that your bodies couldn't cash. So, <laughs> jump forward to 2022 now, and, well, 2019 when this would have been filmed, so there you go, thanks COVID. Yeah. Uh, we finally have the sequel, the legacy sequel, that was inevitable, really. Now on our screens, Tom, uh, Tom Cruise is back as Maverick, this time not as the hothead student, now he has become the master. As it were. Yeah. So, with that all set up and ready, Alex, what did you think of Top Gun Maverick? Well, I just want to make it clear, I watched Top Gun, the original, from 1986, for the first time, maybe an hour before I saw Top Gun Maverick. Oh, wow. Okay, so quick succession. Very, yeah. I I thought it was only, only right. Uh, I didn't want to go into Top Gun Maverick not knowing all of the context and the, you know, the references and all of that kind of stuff. I mm-hmm. thought that it would have lessened the experience, and I was, I was right. Um, I definitely felt the impact of of Maverick more, obviously having watched Top Gun. Yeah. Um, which I rated as a film. It's not terrible, really. It's the, very the first one we're saying. Yeah, it's okay, very cool. cheesy eighties. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and again. You know, the homoerotic subtext that should have been text is a is a real glaring issue there. But uh, moving to the new one, I I mean, it's just the bottom line is that it was absolutely fucking brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's weird that because we talk about this so much, um, because these legacy sequels and these reboots and these sidequels and everything they're always coming they're constantly just hitting us out left right and center at 98 percent of the time they get it wrong or they just don't do it properly or it's just a rubbish cash grab yeah but there's just something about this film that really feels genuine and respectful and on top of that, as much as it honours the original, it gives us something new and fresh and genuinely, like, pulse racing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like the, 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 the family drama and the, the, the human drama is really, really well laid out. Some of it's a bit 
cringy, but it's kind of expected, really, in in the world of Top Gun. Um, and I feel like that goes a long way in helping those action scenes feel even more impactful and like, oh, we are like we are really worried about what's going to happen to these characters in these moments because it is genuinely death-defying stuff that at any moment any of them could die or you know whatever um i mean the one thing everybody is talking about is that final act which is incredible it is just like i'd got in knowing that everyone had been like saying oh this is amazing but and i was like okay i'll prepare myself for it i'll get ready Uh, but nothing quite prepares you for that last 40 minutes it just, with want for a better reference, it, it just flies by. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it do- doesn't give you a chance to breathe or think or do anything. It just is impeccable filmmaking and really, really, really brilliant stuff. Um, but as much as everyone's talking about that, I did also want to say that one of my other favorite bits was the beginning. I thought the beginning was so amazing. Oh yeah, a re- really great way to kind of bring us back into it, and also kind of do this whole right. This is where this is where Pete is now. This is what he's doing. Um, he's still a bit of a an uncontrollable dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> um, and again, pulse racing stuff like watching that dial go up, and just in your mind, just like in like going right, go on. Go up that extra point. Go, go. It's just so clever. It's such, like I said, it's such brilliant filmmaking and so well done. Um, and that's just a testament to, uh, the, you know, the director. I can't remember what he's called. I'm going to find his Joseph name. Joseph Kaczynski. No. Joseph Kaczynski. That is it. Uh, the writers. And then also uh, I saw that um, Chris McQuarrie is an executive producer, producer on this film as well. Yeah. And I feel I think like he can... also doctored. I think he did some script doctoring as well. Yeah, you can feel that because obviously yeah. we Chris Chris McQuarrie we've had in um, Mission Impossible Fallout, which again is a another piece of example of blockbuster filmmaking at its best. And I feel like you really feel those influences in this film for for all the right reasons. Oh yeah, yeah. I have to say, Alex, I completely agree. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah, positivity. I know. Um, I just want to ask because I don't know. I I might have missed this. Um, how did you How did you see Top Gun Maverick? Did you see it on a regular format? Or was it a, IMAX? Or? Uh, not just a television screen. <laughs> For God's sake! <laughs> oh wait. You mean Top Gun Maverick? Yes. Oh, yeah. I thought you meant the original one. I was no, like, no, 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 no. You need no. to differentiate. Have different I names, Top, I, said, I said Top Gun Maverick. How dare Everyone's you? Think I'm filthy pirate. No, I've, <laughs> I watched it on a very big screen, but it wasn't IMAX. Uh, okay, okay, no problem. I, but I did at the cinema I go to. There are three like m- massive screens, and then all the rest are kind of mid. Um, okay. Mid screens, mid size screens, and I made yeah. sure to go to a screening where it was in one of the big screens. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. So I wanted to say because I think so for context, I was very lucky actually to go see this at the Leicester Square IMAX. Oh, wonderful. 
Yeah, genuinely, I'd made a point of going like when I saw all the trailers and when I started to hear the little bits and bit, bits and pieces of people going, "This is phenomenal." Of going, yeah, I need to see this on a massive screen. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, and I am so glad I did because genuinely, that sound and that screen just it's you need you need to be completely enveloped by it i think yeah that wall to wall to wall to wall must have been incredible to experience oh my gosh yeah it like from that first sequence like you say there's a whole so i don't want to give too much away but there is a basically the the whole idea is that maverick has gone from being an active serviceman to being a test pilot yeah um at the start of the film and Basically, he's yeah. So he's he's putting a new bit of hardware through its paces, essentially. Mm. And you've got Ed Harris being Ed Harris for like all of five seconds, but it's worth it. Yeah, because yeah. it's like great. It's Ed Harris, um, doing his gruff like "shut this down" kind of thing, <laughs> and everyone going, "Oh, I didn't hear you. Sorry. Take it, take it up another notch, Tom." <laughs> and genuinely, yeah, that is just phenomenal. And like those visuals, like the fact that they have the audacity to do that in the first five minutes to go, yeah, and it's this like, would be the third act in any other film, yeah, and they go, yep, yeah, no, we're opening with this. We are going to give you a shot from space in the first five minutes. Of the film. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, set out your stall early, kind of thing. It's yeah, just excellent. Um, <gasps> oh, I will say, um, the the. <sighs> I don't want to spoil it because it is such a wonderful moment in that yeah. uh, in that opening sequence where Tom Cruise walks into the cafe. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. interaction he has that with got... the little boy is so good. It's that so good. Huge laughs in my screen. Absolutely like, brilliant. Properly like raucous laughter at that. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's genuinely there are like. <laughs> It's so easy to go over the top with praise for this film because it's every bit of it is deserved. Like, believe mm-hmm. the hype. This is a really, really special film. Now, I said in a previous episode that Everything Everywhere All at Once is odds on to be my favourite film of the year at the end of the year. It still is. I don't think this is going to top it. I think, for me, I think this is, you know, it's great and it's so fun. And as a blockbuster, it is mwah, art. Yep. I do think that there are some bits. It's the length does kick in. I know you said that you felt it flew by. I did feel a little bit like, okay, we are touching some story beats for the sake of it. Oh uh, yeah, no, I do feel like the the middle bit did was a little bit flabby. Yeah, um, although there is one interaction with a certain character. Oh yes, of where course. yeah, genuinely, if you are not at least. Wiping away something from your eyes, you are made of stone. Well, the th- like this. This is how effective this was. I literally just watched the first Top Gun. Um, what yeah. like I said an hour before I went in to watch this. Um, there's that I, I went in with no previous like nostalgic um emotions for this film or anything like that. Yeah. And even I teared up. <laughs> yeah, like that was how wonderful that bit was. Oh my gosh. And I, well, this is it. I, I worry now that this is going to spoil the magic a little bit for people who haven't seen it yet and don't know anything about it going in. Yeah, because we won't say I, too much. Yeah. All I will say is that I didn't know that <clears throat> was going to be involved in any way beyond yeah. 
a name check. Yep, yep. And so when <laughs> was there, yep. I found myself already going, and then by the end of that, I was gone. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Absolutely. it's... Oh my gosh. And then, yeah, everything just builds. Like, I feel like there are so many blockbusters nowadays where they kind of forget that vital thing of going, even though you have all the spectacle, you still need to give a damn about the characters. Because when they go out on these, like... percent yeah. Yeah. And, like, everyone gives it their all. Glenn Powell as Hangman is brilliantly smarmy. And, like, just that new breed of Maverick that he, that he knows just like... Yeah. I yep. hate you so much, but god damn it, you're good. I would also just very quickly personally like to um partially redact one of my statements from last week's podcast. Um oh. in the fact that I actually thought Miles Teller was pretty good in this. Yeah, so yeah, Miles Teller as Rooster, uh, Bradley Bradshaw, son of Goose from the original film. Yeah. And yeah, the entire relationship between Maverick and, and Rooster in this is very well done, I thought. And all the way through this film, um, I literally, from the moment Lewis Pullman's uh, Robert Floyd, or Bob, was introduced, oh, I Bob. would say to myself, um, if anything happens to this man, I will kill everybody and then myself. <laughs> oh my gosh. Bob is just the most pure, pure human. Oh, love him so much. It's just because I know that if I was ever in that situation, I would have as equally a silly nickname as that. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, and then you've got Phoenix, Monica, Barbaro. And I am yes. so, so grateful to the fact that they didn't, try and make a whole romantic entanglement happen. No, like, love triangle because she's the, like, she's the woman in the core kind of thing. It's, yep. like, for want of a better comparison, I found it very, like, and even in some of the line writing and delivery that she had, was very Vasquez in Aliens. Yeah, yeah. Like, the whole kind of... Like making jokes about, you know, oh, only the men involved kind of thing, and then saying, oh, did that hurt your feelings to Hangman? And I'm giving the rubbish, I'm saying that rubbishly, but it's, you know, it's done more effectively in the film. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's those kind of snippy asides and like the clever kind of interweaving. And like by the end of it, you do feel like, you do feel like these people are, you know, they're, they're fleshed out, they're interesting, they are, they have flaws, they have wants and needs and everything else. But yeah, so when it comes to that third act, which is just, wow. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I, Tom Cruise and, yeah, Chris McQuarrie are just raising the bar, it feels like, with every film they do lately. Yeah. In terms of what a blockbuster can offer. Legit. Yep, legitimately. Yeah. And I, when I was watching, I, I don't think I breathed. <laughs> I don't know if it's even possible. <laughs> I feel like my heart just paused. It was like for twenty minutes because it's just like I always, I always cite watching Gravity with a crushing hangover and a, a super screen as the most terrifying experience I've had in the cinema. <laughs> um, this beat it by a long shot mm. because genuinely, I was, I, I like. It's, again, so cliche to say these kind of things, but it genuinely does feel like you are in that cockpit with them. Like, the achievement of even doing that in any way that, you know, you don't 
like you feel so immersed in it and that's on top of that being with a massive screen and just the sound all over the place with you oh you can't fault it if i find if i see a better blockbuster or as good blockbuster this year it will be a vintage year i mean avatar way of the water is coming out this year (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I mean, who knows? Who knows? I will. It was never. Well, you knows? never know. You who never knows? know. Look, it's. I'm. I'm remaining hopeful and optimistic that something comes out which is as good. Because, like I said, if mm. it happens, we are in a special period for film. Uh, but as it stands, I mean, the fact that this and everything ever all at once are have come out within weeks of each other. Yeah. I mean, already I'm thinking. I'm going to look back on 2022 with very, very positive thoughts. <laughs> In terms of film, anyway. Christ, you know, let's not get oh, ahead of yeah, ourselves. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> 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 Whoa there, steady on. I know, hold your horses. Whoa, um, nearly. No, not, not to go into too much negativity, I did have a few little gripes. Okay. A few, few little gripes. Um, one of them being that, I mean, more or less it is exactly the same film as Top Gun. More or less. Yeah. It does do the legacy sequel thing of like hitting exactly the same narrative beats. Completely. Which isn't necessarily a problem. And I think when it does it does heighten everything to a to a level where it works. Yeah. I will admit. I'd say yeah, it kind of respects the tropes and does play with them a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then, second of all, um, and this will always be my complaint with things like this, it's not gay enough. Not gay enough at all. Yep, yep, I agree. I agree. And to release it, yeah, just shy of Pride Month of all times. Just terrible. <laughs> just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so the third one will just be called Top Gun Queer Baiting. <laughs> they didn't even do that. There no. wasn't any baiting. There was more queer baiting in the original. <laughs> God damn. Also, <laughs> what I will say is that I'm sure uh, either they fired the sweat department or they had to cut back due to budget constraints. Oh, there was there was sweat. There was sweat plenty. There was, but not as sweat plenty as the original. Oh yeah, no, that was like sweat central. This that is was swimming this pool is... levels of sweat. Oh yeah, this is like, I'd say... Oh, like a bucket. I'd say like late August on the central line, whereas yeah. Top Gun 1 is like mid, like early June, where it's like 30 degrees and you're just like dying. Yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> this one's like, oh yeah, still a bit toasty. Um, but yeah, well, this is... <laughs> I saw someone who posted something that said like... Um, Oh yeah, the the big difference between Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick is now even the women can get sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is an element of that when there is the 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 the, the, the non the non flying sports section of the film. Mm. There is a lot of sweaty yeah. flesh. Yeah, yeah. And we also get Tom Cruise. Um, also, yeah. I mean, sweated up and just looking ageless. How does the man do it again? Just ridiculous. It, yeah, impossible to know, really. I, I I still think it's Zenu. Maybe he's onto something. <laughs> anyway, 
but before we move on, any last thoughts on Top Gun Maverick before we? I think that's everything. Cool. I will say, Jennifer Connelly, I I love you. <laughs> I mean, that just as a blanket statement, any time of of yeah. the week is fine. So, but genuinely, she like, she is just. Why is she not in more things? First of all, I guess that's no. my choice. You know, but uh, well, she's 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 got that Snowpiercer money to grab. Oh, true, true. But genuinely, she is. Like, and, well, this is unfortunate because Kelly McGillis wasn't invited back for the sequel. Uh, and she has her own opinions on why that is. Um, not, 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 not young and attractive enough anymore. Basically, I think, yeah. Isn't she, like, three years young, three years older or something than Tom Cruise? Li- literally, probably. It's utterly ridiculous. I did wonder why she wasn't in it. Yeah. And there was no explanation either. She wasn't even mentioned. Yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no mention. It was just here is a character that we name dropped once in the original film. <laughs> it's like, oh no, but uh, yeah, no, we've got, we've got, um, we've got Jennifer Connelly here instead. That's <laughs> fine because she does the same thing. <laughs> well, that's the producers talking. That's Jerry Bruckheimer talking, not me. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, it probably was. Mm. But yeah. No, but in spite of that, Jennifer Connolly, you are you are lovely. Yes, you are great. I will we agree love you. with that. And you can come on the show anytime. Uh, cool, right? So that was Top Gun Maverick. Um, hopefully, when Charlotte comes back, we can get some passing thoughts from her as well Indeed, next week. Yes, 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 yes. But for now, we shall cap things off. And this is one I haven't seen. So, okay. Alex, this is on you. This is on me. Oh my gosh, the pressure. So. Bob's Burgers, the beloved animated sitcom, which has been going for a long old time now. A long old time. Ten years? Ten years, yeah. I think you're probably just about right with that one. Eleven? Yeah. Maybe, maybe, yeah, yeah. Going on a decade. It's been a little while coming, but it has made the leap to the big screen. The grand re-re-re-reopening, I think, of Bob's Burgers (laughs) this time (laughs) in time. For yeah. the cinema. Funnily enough, they make a joke about that in the film. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. I'm you, ahead you of the curve. You called it. You called it. <laughs> but, uh, so, what are the Belcher family up to on their cinematic outing, Alex? Oh, all the usual hijinks when it comes to Bob's Burgers. Uh, no, <laughs> so, uh, you know, Bob's Burgers, as you said, you, you set it up perfectly beloved uh, animated uh, television show on the big screen. Finally, I feel, um, you know, it's one of the big ones that really does deserve the big screen treatment, in my opinion. I'm not going to lie, just to from the outset here, I absolutely adore Bob's Burgers, so this review may be a little biased.tm. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, now you know that. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Bob's Burgers reunites uh, your, your favourite family the belchers and um they are behind on loan payments and even worse there has a there's a sinkhole that's just uh collapsed in front of the restaurant so nobody can get in through the front door <laughs> all of this <laughs> and, and then the kids find a dead body in the sinkhole so the, all these problems and the kids are trying to solve a murder and it's just a big old adventure 
Excellent. All so... of your favourite characters return. Um, you know, some lovely little uh, tidbits and hints for the the big fans of the of the show. Um, and you know, all those kind of characters that we that we know and love. Although not Jimmy Pesto for reasons not that Jimmy I Pesto. believe we have spoke about before on the podcast. Oh. Um, Yes. I did wonder how they were going to work it out, but yeah, Jimmy Pesto doesn't have a speaking line in the film. Oh, hang on a minute. Have I... Do you know about this? You know about the actor who voices Jimmy Pesto? Uh, Hang on a second. Oh. Oh. Oh, oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the the voice actor who played Jimmy Pesto was allegedly at the uh, January sixth uh, Capitol riot, um, and he got fired from the show. But I wasn't sure how you know far into production they were with the film, so whether he would be in it at all. But he's he's absolutely not. Wow. Um, okay. You see him, but he doesn't say anything. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, you can't say fairer than that, I guess. No. <laughs> um. But yeah, the, I mean, it's just, it's so wonderful. I feel like if you're a fan of the show, you will be so utterly pleased with this. It's just like a feature length episode of the show. Um, it works so perfectly. It doesn't over- outstay its welcome. Um, it feels perfectly well cooked. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, of- <laughs> I was going to say... Um... How many butts do does Tina get to oh, there with this team? So many. And sexy <laughs> zombies. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Um it's got the perfect amount of deadpan humour that you will love from the TV show. Um all of the the voice casts are on top, top form. Uh it's absolutely hilarious. It's uh, got some really cool emotional beats that you wouldn't usually get in the show because there's not enough time to explore things like that. And there's the, there's some really there's like this really lovely uh kind of build up to a moment between Louise and uh Bob and Linda which is just a lovely lovely moment that I will admit I did cry at. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah god what a sado cried at the Bob's Burgers movie jeez. Um but yeah, I I just thought that it was all so well done. Um, and not only that, but it was so wonderful to see it with a bit of extra budget behind it. The animation is beautiful. Mm. Um, it looks wonderful. All of the kind of background art is fully realized and it looks just absolutely perfect. Wonderful. And yeah, it is. It is just a real hooting good time. I will say, um, I, I, I'm not quite sure how you would receive this film if you weren't a prior fan of the show. Mm-hmm. Okay. Even more so if you didn't actually have knowledge of what this was. Um, do I think like kid, like like parents could take their kids to watch it? Maybe. I mean, there are a few adult references, but it doesn't go too hefty. There isn't like any swearing really or anything. No. Um, I say Bob's Burgers was never that kind of show, though. No, no, not at all. No, um, and yeah, but yeah, I I really do just think that like it's what this show deserves. It really is one of the best, and I'm sure it will continue to be. And honestly, I'd be happy to see a sequel. Oh, wonderful! But then again, 
the Simpsons movie never got one, so I highly doubt this will. Well, I mean, they're making multiple South Park movies still, so... Oh, yeah. (laughs) And, God, yeah, how relevant that is anymore. Um, But, yeah, I mean, look, it's safe to say I would die for any of the Belchers. Um, And, yeah, no, I, I just thought it was brilliant. Excellent. Well, that's really great news. And thank you so much, Alex, to kind of get through that while still still trying not to succumb to COVID. (laughs) It's a struggle. I won't lie. Genuinely, I was like, was this a good idea to tell him to talk at length while he's like, (laughs) voices clearly disappearing? (laughs) But no, that's awesome. Um, And thank you so much. Well, I'm going to have to catch up with that, I think, um, because that was a very, very positive review. Also, of course, one thing that is a staple of Bob's Burgers is the songs. Of course. And some of the songs in this film are so catchy. Oh my gosh, the first song they sing is brilliant. Really, really good. Oh, nice. Yeah, so some good stuff. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, I am. I'm. De- I'm. I'm. I'm sold. There you go. You've done it. Good job. Good Thank job, you. Alex. Thank well you. done. Uh, great. Well, that. Well, we did say it was going to get more positive towards the end. We did, and it did. It did. So there you go. All that, all that, um... That vitriol from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh... Our personal brand of vitriol. I was going to say, it it was very snippy at the start, but... Yeah. I think, yeah, it's been a week. (laughs) So... Um, I do think before we go, we may have to reveal the results of the film club. Well, I was going to wait for... Oh, um, should we wait for Charlotte? I was going to wait for the formal announcement, but I will say it is looking like we have one pulling away quite significantly. Uh, uh, if you yes. haven't yet cast your vote, we will continue, We will keep the vote up until... Uh, oh. Actually, I think it might have ended. It so. did end, yeah. <laughs> That's why I was saying maybe we should reveal it, because it's... Yeah, people can't vote on it anymore. Okay, in that case, yeah, it's not worth it, is it? Um, okay... I I I, mm, I mean we might as well because yeah, I'm sure Charlotte see it. won't mind. Charlotte probably won't mind, and yeah, we'll 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 make amends if we have ended up doing a boo boo, but we can confirm that to no surprise at all to anybody <laughs> that the next film club entry we'll be discussing is Mad Max Fury Road. Indeed. Alex, you've done it again. <laughs> I've done it again with um, my. I I I I I did kind of. I mean, we all knew it was going to win. <laughs> <laughs> but we... I will. I won't lie. When I looked at it before, I looked at it today. Edge of Tomorrow and Mad Max Fury Road were like really close to each other. So Mad Max Fury Road must have pulled away at like the last second. I think so. Yeah, was, I think forty-four percent of the vote in the end. Crazy. So, you know, not an absolute majority to form a government, but enough to win the jump cast. Well, <laughs> if you live poll. in the UK, probably. Ah, uh, yeah, actually, that's, that's true. It'd be called a landslide <laughs> as well. God's but yes, sake. yeah. Um, but yeah, um, the... So we'll be discussing Mad Max Fury Road uh, when we are at full strength. Yeah, uh, and now considering I'm in weeks. isolation, I will actually have a chance to put it on and watch it at yeah. some point. I'm going to say, so... 
we will be delivering ourselves to Valhalla, all shiny and chrome, and that will all make sense to Alex when he watches it. Um, but for the next week's episode, I'm just going to have a quick look to see what we have coming up. So we've got Dashcam. Don't say it. It's a jump scare. It will scare me. But what? Dashcam? No. What I think you're going to say. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Oh, Yes. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> and uh, we also have men. Ah! There we go. Uh, which is coming to the UK. I think it's already been in the US for a bit. So, yeah. uh, hey, if you've watched it already in the America, why not share some thoughts on men? And say, <laughs> we'll share our thoughts on men <laughs> next week. Well, I won't because I can't go and watch it. Oh, oh. Sorry, I don't want to get too angry about that. Not that I've been okay. waiting for this film for forever. For however long. <laughs> it just sums up Pride Month, doesn't it? All this time you've been waiting for men, and suddenly... <laughs> <laughs> Taken away from you at the last second. <laughs> oh no. Uh, but <laughs> yes, we are we're getting into bumper crop season for films. So, uh, as we mentioned in wow god this time last month we said may was lean june's busy and now we're finally at june so god help us we've got a lot to get through uh but we'll look forward to it on the coming jump casts until then we should probably sign off for now and let alex recover and rest um but i have been simon whitlock alex has been alex gilston i have indeed and from summer and charlotte says to you all to stay sexy until next week, we'll be back to full strength, hopefully, all of us. Take care for now. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.